Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. All right, guys, I was able to catch up with Cody Tucker of 7220 Sports and kind of pick his brain on what has been a disappointing and surprisingly catastrophic season for the Wyoming Cowboys. Pokes were picked to finish second in the league, have yet to win a game so far, at least in conference play. So I just kind of asked him about some of those struggles, whether he feels it's salvageable, uh, what's the outlook moving forward. We talked about Graham Ek's situation. Then I asked him some questions on Wyoming football, just what the general feeling is going into 2023. The Cowboys have yet to win a conference championship under Craig Bowl. It's year nine. So we just kind of talked about the temperature of the program, expectations going into the year, all that stuff. Cody, despite being a diehard poke, I mean as diehard as they come, very, very complimentary of Jay Norvell and the future of CSU under him. So it was fun to talk about that as well. Before we get to that interview, I'm going to set the scene for what is a massive basketball weekend. I'm going to talk about the CSU women's matchup against UNLV. The Rams trying to put themselves in contention for the Mountain West regular season championship. I will preview the Wyoming matchup myself as well. And then, of course, I'll play that interview with Cody. But the NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped up same game parlay. Boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. I've talked about on a couple of different shows how I like the Eagles-Giants matchup. I think there's a lot of value in the QB rushing props. Maybe throw something like Saquon or Devonta Smith to score a touchdown and give it a little bit of juice. Whatever you do, make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Additionally, when you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They are free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with them about your case. No fee while you work on your case. And no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients. Now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 on staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycles, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call them at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. 
Cool, cool, cool. First things first, the women's basketball team is in a monster matchup against UNLV on Saturday at Moby. As it currently stands, UNLV atop the standings. They are 18-2 and overall, 8-0 and in the Mountain West. CSU right behind them at 13-5 and overall, 6-1 and in the Mountain West. Their one loss, of course, being to UNLV 91-88 in overtime on New Year's Eve out in Vegas. That game was absolutely wild. UNLV jumped out to an early lead. It was 26-12 Rebels after one. Then CSU came storming back with a 31-13 second quarter. At the third, both teams scored 22. And unfortunately, UNLV just barely outlasted CSU in that extra period. Despite coming up short the last time that they played, a couple of Rams absolutely balled out. McKenna Hofschild had 37 points, 10-15 from the floor. Just absolutely went to work. Additionally, Destiny Thurman had a really big game. The UTEP transfer, 25 points in 32 minutes for her. Kaylin Crocker also had 19. The Cal transfer, those three combined to score 81 of CSU's 88 points. For UNLV, they were led by Kennedy Winfrey. She had 15 points. Uh, Desiree Young, really talented guard, had 13 as well. For the Rebels, it was more of a diverse output. They had... Eight different players scored eight or more points, so it was more of a collective effort. Or maybe that's not even the right way to say it. Just they showed their depth. It was definitely on display in that win at home. But if you're the Rams, you have to feel pretty good going into this one. I mean, you you damn near took them down the last time you played, and that was after going down 14 in the first on the road. Typically, that's going to be a death sentence against a team that can put points on the board like UNLV can. But this is a really dangerous squad led by McKenna Hofschild. But, you know, even Destiny Thurman, Kalen Crocker, they could play anywhere in the country. They give you buckets on a nightly basis. And it just feels like this roster is really well-constructed, more athletic than some of the other groups of the past. They can score in a major way. They can really light it up. One of the most efficient teams in all of college basketball. Local players like Callie Clark eating up the glass. They're just a really fun team, and this is a really big opportunity for them at home to keep pace with the Rebels. If you lose both games in the season series, probably going to be tough to win the Mountain West. Just with the pace that UNLV's going, they're probably only going to, if they lose to CSU, probably only going to lose another game or two on top of that. If that, I mean, they're really good. It's, it's honestly a shame that both of these teams will, will probably be dependent on winning the Mountain West tournament in order to get into the NCAA tournament because I think they've both proven not even just against Mountain West competition but against quality competition across the country that these are some of the most exciting scoring teams in basketball and they deserve a chance to show off what they can do on a national stage. I guess the silver lining here is that even if CSU comes up short, even if you don't win the regular season title, you still have an opportunity to get into the NCAA tournament with a run in Vegas. But I think finding a way to beat this team would still be really big for CSU's confidence going down the stretch. They're playing really great basketball right now, coming off of a big win over Nevada. And, you know, even if it's unlikely that the Mountain West gets two teams in the NCAA tournament, at the end of the day, having a win like this on your resume would be big when it comes to the at-large process. They played really well in a lot of them, but unfortunately, there were a couple of games against quality opponents in the non-conference slate that got away from CSU. So, big test, big opportunity for the Rams. I believe there are $3 tickets available via 
at csurams.com. So take advantage of that awesome deal, especially if you're not going to be up in Laramie for the men's game. It's too bad we couldn't have got the uh, the women's game pushed back to, I don't know, like 6 p.m. And then uh, folks could have potentially even gone to both. But as my dad used to joke with me growing up, you can't always get what you want. Moving on to the men's side of things, you've got a big-time matchup coming up against the Cowboys' first edition of the Border War. It's been a really tough year for them. They are currently riding an eight-game losing streak, 0-6 in league play. They've had to deal with a ton of injuries. Graham E.K. was the, the conference preseason player of the year. He has not even played a game. A bunch of other guys have missed significant time. As it currently stands, Maldonado listed as day-to-day. He missed the matchup against Air Force the other night. I'd be pretty surprised if he misses this one, too. He's a Colorado kid. Always seems to play really hard against CSU, and considering he just had to miss the matchup in his hometown of Colorado Springs, I I just got a gut feeling that he is going to refuse to miss this one, even if he's not at 100%. How effective he's going to be, we'll have to see. We're not seeing as much post-play from him this year, but in the past, it's definitely been an area where he's been pretty dangerous. As far as their most lethal scores go, Noah Reynolds is the guy that Ram fans should keep an eye on, sophomore guard, currently averaging 15 points per game, but coming off of a 26-point outing against Air Force, he also had a stretch where he dropped 25 against Santa Clara, 30 against Texas A&M Commerce, 20 against Louisiana Tech, and 21 against Dayton to conclude the non-conference slate for the Pokes. So he's a guy that can really light it up. Does a great job on the drive of getting to the hoop. And he's going to be aggressive. I mean, he's had double-digit attempts in nine of the last 10 games. A combined 36 attempts over the last two games alone. Hit 15 of them, so been fairly efficient. Kinda. I mean, you'd probably rather have that number be north of 20 at that volume, but... He's definitely the guy that you do not want to let get going. Uh, Xavier Ducell is quietly really dangerous as well, a guy that can be lethal from deep. One of the things that Cody mentioned in my conversation with him is that he also happens to be Wyoming's best defender, and that's kind of the tough part there is he can expend a lot of energy on that end and sometimes not be quite as impactful offensively. We'll see what he does in this one. There's no denying, though, that losing Graham E.K. was devastating to this team. I mean, he was the entire focal point of the offense and defense. Everything that Wyoming was going to do this year revolved around him. And I'm not going to go on and on about that because I did talk about it with Cody, and I don't want to get too repetitive here. But ultimately, even given their eight-game losing streak, this is a team that you do want to respect and you don't want to overlook. We've seen Wyoming punch CSU in the teeth a couple of times over the years when they weren't expecting it. Most notably, probably that devastating opening round Mountain West tournament loss. Can't ever underestimate a rival. They're always going to play with a different level of energy and intensity. But my honest assessment going in is that if CSU does what they did defensively and on the glass for the last 90 minutes of play in those games against UNLV and San Diego State. This is definitely a game that you should win, assuming that you don't shoot yourself in the foot too many times. I mean, you got to avoid fluky turnovers, unnecessary fouls, that type of stuff. So long as you do that, though, you're deeper offensively. 
Wyoming has struggled with foul trouble, so I hope to see the Rams come out aggressive and not just settling for jump shots. Just play their game and finish. Finish if the opportunity presents itself. I do think the Rams are the better team, but the atmosphere is certainly going to be hostile. It probably won't be what it was last year or the year before that. Even so, though, there's nothing harder than winning on the road in college basketball. I say it all the time, and when you factor in the context of a rivalry, it only heightens that. Anyways, make sure you're following me on Twitter at Justin T. Michael at DNVR underscore Rams. We'll have live commentary throughout the matchup, post-game podcast, and uh, takeaways as well. Real quick, though, before I get to that interview with Cody Tucker of 7220 Sports, I want to talk to you guys about AG1. It's a product that I take every day. I, you know, I wanted to be healthier. I wanted more energy, optimized immune system, all that fun stuff, but I'm not big on taking pills and vitamins. I don't like a, a chalky shake or anything like that. Been on AG for a long time now, and I love it. it. It doesn't taste like a lot of those other terrible products out there. It's got kind of like a mild tropical taste, really, really easy and smooth. Even for a guy like me who, let's be honest, if I could, I would eat Hot Pockets and nachos like every single meal. (laughs) What is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It's a great way to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things that you should be focused on. I take it in the morning. It's the first thing I do when I wake up before I take coffee. I I generally feel just healthier. I can't even describe it. My body just feels better after I take it. It's lifestyle friendly. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, you're good there. Less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It's less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than a cold brew habit. It has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and it's trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. And ultimately, AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do for yourself every single day to guarantee that you're feeling better and living a healthier lifestyle. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do, go to athleticgreens.com slash rams. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash rams to take ownership over your health, pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Finally, got to give you my DraftKings Pick of the Week. DraftKings Pick of the Week. I'm looking at this matchup between Kansas City and Jacksonville on Saturday. And as exciting as that comeback was for Jacksonville, I just have a hard time seeing them go into Arrowhead and hanging. Kansas City, I mean, Mahomes is so smooth right now. They protect him. They're rolling with those playmakers defensively. They're a lot more complete than they were these past couple of years. This is just a damn good football team. I was an idiot for thinking that they weren't going to just run through the AFC West even after losing Tyree Kill. I thought that vertical dynamic would change everything. Turns out that the best quarterback on the planet is just going to continue to be the best quarterback on the planet. I'm never going to doubt him again. 
the Chiefs have not been a good bet as far as covering so far this year. But as I've talked about a couple of times, I feel like they've essentially just been cruising and waiting for the playoffs. I think at home, they make a statement this week. They cover the nine-point spread, so I'm going to take them to cover at minus 110. Lock that in. DraftKings pick of the week. Download the app. Use the code DNVR when you sign up. All right, without further ado, my good friend Cody Tucker of 7220 Sports on the state of Wyoming men's basketball and what the general feeling is around the football program in 2023. It's the heart of basketball season. It's been a tough basketball season for both CSU and Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming in particular coming off of such an exciting season. I mean, they've they've played better of late. You know, they had the tough loss to New Mexico. I thought they played, you know, hard against Air Force. Is there a feeling that this team can turn the corner or at this point has just too many things piled up? Well, Justin, I tell you what, something that a lot of fans don't think about, and and we and they should because we just saw it with COVID. I mean, Wyoming is down so many bodies right now that you can't even you can't even do a full scout. You can't even do a full practice. I mean, guys are exhausted. Guys are playing out of position. Guys are playing that probably shouldn't play. Um, so at the beginning of the year, there was so much depth and so many guys that it it was hard to find a rotation. Um, but now the rotation's pretty much set for you. I mean, they've had 13 different starting lineups in 18 games. Um, and, you know, and you, you got to think about this too, Justin, that, you know, Graham E.K. alone is so important and so impactful, but – Practice all through the offseason, all those workouts, all the things they did, everything went through him offensively and defensively. So, and not to mention, you know, you need a killer, right? Like Isaiah Stevens is a killer. David Roddy was a killer. Uh, Graham E.K. is a killer. And uh, aside from Noah Reynolds, I don't think, I think there's a lot of really good basketball players um, that just don't have that kind of personality. And to me, you need one of those. Or multiple would be even better. But Graham E.K. is that killer. Yeah, the timing of his injury was just so unfortunate. I mean, Isaiah Stevens missed some time as well. Fortunately, was able to come back uh, much sooner than expected. I'm not surprised it's taken a while with EK. Just he's a big man. It's always a, a tougher process on the rehab with the lower body stuff. Yeah, is the feeling that he will return, or I mean, like the, the further we go on, it, it feels like the likelihood of him playing is less and less. And at that point, I guess I would ask you: Do you think he would come back? Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, we joke about it with coaches that they're like holding national secrets, but this is really one of those situations. Um, not only that, we haven't even heard exactly what his diagnosis was from Jeff Linder himself. He won't he won't uh, tell us exactly what it is, which, whatever, that's fine. All we know is he's out, and he was supposed to be out six to eight weeks, and obviously that's gone. We've, we're well past that. We're on week 11 right now since the announcement. So, um I wish I could give you an honest answer. I don't know. Every time I talk to the players, I ask them how they feel, hoping one of them will slip and say something. And uh, they all just say, we hope. And, and Jeff Linder always says, if Graham comes back. And I said, Jeff, you're scaring the hell out of the fan base every time you say the word if. And he goes, sorry, it, it's if. And I wonder, Justin, if they're really thinking about the medical redshirt stuff, because what is it, 25, 20, 25 percent of the games you play in? Maybe that's a threshold that they're eyeballing. Um, maybe they're just not taking any chances at all. And I think you'd be able to answer this question better than me because you watch the NBA. Is Graham E.K. an NBA player? 
he's going to get looks. I mean, he he's definitely going to get looks. It's it's such a crapshoot on projecting in the NBA. I I think like there are so many guys over the years that I've thought, yeah, like this guy is totally going to translate, and then you know he lasts two years, and then all of a sudden he's playing overseas. But Graham has the size. He has the athleticism. He needs to develop a consistent shot. That would be my main thing. Sure. And that's what Jeff Linder said yesterday about David Roddy. Uh, Was not surprised at all to see him be a first-round pick because he developed a shot and was deadly from deep. He was, And he's doing it in the NBA right now. Yeah, I mean, he he shot like north of 40% his uh, junior year, not senior year. But it's hard. You know, it's hard for those big guys especially just because the the level of skill in the NBA is absurd. You have guys like Kevin Durant that are seven feet tall and have the handle of a point guard and shoot 40% from three. And yeah. if you're just kind of a true rim protector, you know, if you're not bringing more to the floor as, as, in terms of stretching it and just being kind of versatile, it's tough to make it. But he definitely has the athleticism, and I hope he gets a chance as a Colorado guy. We've talked before about, you know, and like I said, I got to preface everything I say about the NBA with I don't watch the NBA at all. But I do know from covering Michigan State, Draymond Green's made a really nice career for himself by just being a dog down low. And is that what maybe Graham needs to mimic? And I know we're kind of going down a rabbit hole here that has nothing to do with Wyoming and CSU, but that's a big question mark around here is will we ever see Graham E.K. in a Wyoming uniform again? Because everybody, when they say we don't know if he's coming back, everybody says he has a really long career ahead of himself, so there's no need to rush. He definitely has a professional career somewhere, whether that's the NBA is kind of TBD. Draymond is is such a tough comparison for anybody because he's such a unique player in what he does, and he fits perfectly in that system, having four shooters around. They play the five out, so Graham would have to... Again, like Draymond's not a great jump shooter, but he does have it like every now and then he can knock down that open three. He's hit some really timely ones in the playoffs, funny enough, but he's also probably like a top five defender in the NBA in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. So as much as he drives me crazy, I'm always hesitant to compare people to Draymond Green because he really is like a unicorn in a sense. Right. Well, I'm guessing, you know, a lot of Wyoming fans right now, Justin, are really hoping, you know, like CSU, like we talked about before we came on the air here, uh, the only way either one of these teams is going to any kind of tournament, you th- you would think right now, is if they go on a run in Vegas. So I think a lot of Wyoming fans are hoping that Graham emerges from the tunnel, you know, maybe a week beforehand, goes out, uh, dominates in Vegas for a few days. They make it to the tournament. You know, all is saved. And then also, it's only 20 25% of the season, so maybe you still get some medical redshirt. I don't know how that redshirt stuff works, per se. So Well, and I, they give out so many special exemptions now with... Yeah. I, I believe it is 20%, but nowadays, I mean, if you, if you have a good enough sob story, you're probably going to get the waiver anyways. <laughs> Wyoming has been a team that has been able to be dangerous in the tournament, even after having rough years. I mean, they knocked CSU out of the Mountain West tournament a couple years back. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? They do have a ton of talent right now, but kind of like we talked about, they just, they're, they're exhausted. I mean, Ethan Anderson didn't even hide it after the air force game Tuesday night. He's like, I'm whipped, man. Every, every guy on the, on the bench played at least 30 minutes in that game. I mean, that's just not sustainable for, you know, they have seven scholarship guys right now and they're all playing huge minutes. And, you know, Nate Barnhart, the seven footer got the start against air force, which makes perfect sense. And he had a really nice game. 
it makes sense to start a seven footer against Air Force. Uh, does that make the same amount of sense to start him against CSU? I don't know. And, you know, they have not found a rotation. And like I said, guys are not playing in their normal spots. So the transfers from USC, the transfers, the transfer from UCLA, it has not been a great transition, um, mainly because they just they couldn't they Jeff didn't nail down a rotation early on and when when you take Graham out of the mix it just turned into scramble mode and like I said they planned everything around everything on this in this program goes through that guy so it's hard and you and we're seeing Hunter Maldonado God bless him he's you know playing his tail off and, and he's not feeling great of late but it's just different when he's out there without Graham it's the focus is on him and he can't back and he's not the point guard anymore. So he can't back down some little dude in the paint and, and go to work and score 30 points. He just can't do that anymore. I'm hesitant to be critical of Linder because I do think he's such a good basketball coach. And yes. as you mentioned that everything was, was supposed to go through EK and yeah. like Maldonado to an extent, but he hasn't been healthy, but mainly through EK and, when you lose a guy at that stage, it's tough. I mean, CSU struggled with it as well. David Roddy took a long time to decide if he was going to go to the NBA or not. By the time he did, and the staff supported him, and, and so do CSU fans. Obviously, it was great. It all worked out for him. But because he took so long, you know, it's late in the recruiting calendar. It's hard to then go find a replacement. It's, it's hard enough to replace a guy like Roddy. Right. If you're Wyoming, you didn't even have that opportunity given the, the injury. It's going to be a really interesting matchup I would imagine that Maldonado plays. I saw that he's day-to-day, but, I mean, that guy always seems to just... He plays great against CSU and always has. Yeah, yeah. I expect to see Maldo, too. Uh, I know it was hard for him. He's a Colorado Springs guy, and he was not... He did not look thrilled to be sitting on the bench uh, Tuesday night in Colorado Springs. His last trip ever to play in front of his hometown uh, was not thrilled. So I can't imagine he misses CSU, but... Uh, it's just it's a laundry list of of things right now. Uh, Hunter Thompson still day to day. He's as Jeff Linder put it, the first human being on planet Earth to get mono three times in a lifetime, let alone three times at the University of Wyoming. Um, you, you know, uh, uh, Noah Reynolds has dealt with stuff. He's been back, but he's dealt with stuff. Kenny Foster just had back surgery. Brendan Wenzel's out with a knee injury. These were all guys that were supposed to be hugely impactful this year. So it's been really difficult to find any kind of rhythm. And then now, like we talked about, I mean, you can't even practice straight up. It's just like the COVID years where you're throwing in a couple of a couple of your trainers to to stand in. And it's just, I mean, that doesn't that doesn't help. And I was really impressed with how the Cowboys, they didn't get backdoored at Air Force one time on Tuesday night. And for to to have three guys on the court that played in the Pac-12 last year that have never seen that kind of offense before, I thought, oh man, they might get backdoored to death today, and uh, not one time. So I thought it was a really good effort. And you know how Air Force is—they make you exhausted. They work you the whole play clock, and this team was flat out exhausted. And and Caden Powell picking up three fouls in the first half didn't help. Uh, so it's just, it's been an uphill battle. And then I don't know if you read, uh, wrote about it yesterday, you know, then the team gets stuck on the way home from Colorado Springs. They're in a ditch. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask about next. Yeah, for four hours, they're in a ditch on 287. And Jeff put it right, you know, it's it's par for the course, right? I mean, this whole year has been in a ditch. And this was supposed to be an unbelievably special year. The, the guys they lost to the transfer portal, I think they got coach primed into the transfer portal because they didn't play last year. And they and then he replaces them with guys who've been in the Elite Eight in the Final Four. 
it was supposed to be so unbelievably special. And to be on an eight game losing skid right now over January, um, five and 13, oh, and six in Mountain West play is just, it's unthinkable. And I think a lot of people around here are just kind of walking around like zombies. It's just shocking. I want to ask, I'm, I'm curious about the, the Pac 12 transfers because I, like everybody, just assume that, you know, oh man, like Linder's had some success. Now it's kind of opened him up to a different level of player, yeah. you know, that he had some, Pac-12 guys, they come in, you know, add some athleticism to a, a couple of really talented post players in EK and Maldonado. Obviously, that didn't work out because of injuries, but just kind of based on some of the things I've heard and, and kind of watching Wyoming from a distance, it seems like not all of the transfers have kind of meshed the way that Linder intended. And he's been a guy that in the past has kind of had a lot of success with those diamond in the rough types and, and getting people that are, you know, undervalued JUCO guys guys out of Colorado that weren't recruited by CSU and CU. Yeah. Did he kind of I mean, lose sight of his roots a little bit? Um, I don't, I don't think so. That's a great point though. It's a great question and it, it absolutely deserves to be asked. Um, but I don't think so. I think he, uh, they have a, an assistant coach who's from LA who knows those guys. Those guys all played AAU basketball together. They were all looking for a new opportunity and they thought, Hey, you know, Wyoming's got an opening. Wyoming was in the tournament last year. Uh, Jeff Linder is, an amazing basketball mind. He's an amazing basketball coach. And I still feel like, I feel like they just put all the eggs in one basket and rightfully so, <laughs> you know, Graham's Graham's one of the best big men in the country. He coach compares him to Timmy at Gonzaga all the time and said, only those are the only two guys in the country who are unguardable and uh, in a lot of ways. And, uh, and Graham just got better by all accounts over the offseason and healthier and better. And then, you know, then this comes along. So um, I think Ethan Anderson, the point guard from USC, he's been getting better and better every week. Uh, his real downfall, and it really came back to hurt the Cowboys at Fresno State in the opener, the Mountain West opener, is he just it, terrible at the free throw line. He was in the 30 percentile at the free throw line for a point guard. You just can't, you can't have that. Um, and then, you know, Ethan Anderson, or, uh, Max Ogbong Polo, he man, he's got all the tools. He's 6'10. He can absolutely fly. He's really got a really good shot. Shots just aren't falling right now. And then he ended up in Linder's doghouse with a, after a bunch of turnovers. And then he kind of got out of rhythm. And then Jake Kyman is kind of, I don't want to say he's been in the doghouse, but he's just kind of been an odd man out because I think Xavier Ducell plays so much better on the defensive end of the floor. And if you're not playing on the defensive end of the floor, you're not going to play. And that's all there is to it. And, and we assume Xavier Dussel gets the Isaiah Stevens, you know, assignment tomorrow. And uh, and he's one of their best defenders. And when he gets hot, he's also one of their best shooters. So it's kind of hard to take him out of the out of the fold as far as that goes. So it's basically the best way to put it, uh, Justin. It's just been it's been an absolute disaster. Um, and then with guys dropping out, you know, Brendan Winslow was supposed to be one of the most Im improved guys in the offseason, and he can come in and hit you five threes in a row. He's just – he's hurt. And Noah Reynolds was having cramp cramps, and he's a new star in the Mountain West, I'm telling you. He is an up-and-coming He's star. really talented, yeah. yeah. very talented, and he's a dog, and he's really good. And But he's had concussions, and he's had cramp problems, and, you know, Kyman's got back problems, and even the guys who are playing are dealing with ailments. So it's just – it's been – one of those years where Jeff Linder says we're snake bit, they absolutely 100% are snake bit. It's so weird. I just saw the Mountain West standings on Facebook. That still just blows my mind to look at those standings and see Wyoming in dead last place with no wins in the conference. 
with the roster that they have, it makes it's 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 just crazy. I oh. mean, both these teams, it's been unfortunate. CSU, they went out and they added Josiah Strong in the portal. He was one of the best three-point shooters in the portal. He's had mono. He's not going to play for the rest of the season. It's one of their projected starters at at the five. Jacob Jennison got hurt right before camp. He tore his ACL. So it's just kind of been one of those years for both of these teams. It's going to be interesting to see how Saturday plays out. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I mean, hasn't been the the year that either of these teams wanted, but CSU Wyoming always brings out the juice in the fans. So despite not uh, having a ton to to talk trash about of late, it'll it'll get some energy flowing online. Well, and Linder mentioned that him and Nico are probably in the same boat here. You know, they're not playing good on defense because they're short on bodies, and and these are two teams that. Last year, what CSU did to EK and what they did to Maldonado and Fort Collins was one of the most impressive showings I've ever seen. Uh, nobody did that to those guys all year. And uh, I don't know if CSU is capable of doing that anymore. I know Wyoming's not. It's just a different It's just a different animal. And, and Coach mentioned the other night, he kind of got a little hot after the game. He's like, you take Jokic off the Nuggets, are they going to win? Hell no. He's like, you take if Boise State, if their five best players are down, you think they're going to win here tonight? No. It's just yeah, there's only so much are, you can do at some point. Yeah, and people are tired of the excuses and they're tired of hearing it, but it's a legit excuse. I mean, what can you do? That's how I felt in the football season, man. I mean, CSU played the vast majority of the Mountain West slate with like 52 scholarship players. I think yeah. they had four total wide receivers in the last week of the season. And yeah, like and it's just. And Linder brings it up. If you're busting your ass and you're doing the right things and you still lose, you can deal with that. Yeah, and sometimes I saw that you just CSU. lose. Yeah. yeah, and I saw that with CSU football. They busted their ass in that game against Wyoming. They were undermanned. And as long as you're losing the right way, fine. What can what can you do? What can you say? Well, kind of off of that, what is the the feeling on Wyoming football, you know, going into this new year? They they return a lot of players. I know they lost some more skill guys in the portal. They did add uh, Harrison Whaley, Northern Illinois running back, really talented guy, played a ton of football the last couple of years. But what's uh, what's just the general feeling around Wyoming going into 2023? Honestly, you have to feel – I'm actually going to write a column about this soon. You have to feel really good about the Cowboys' defense. Uh, nothing new there. Uh, but now you're still – you still have a roster littered with youth, but now that experience, inexperience part is gone. Uh, it, they all got experience last year. They came into the season – with zero sacks from the defensive end spot. They came away from this year with 22 at the defensive end spot and 39 overall to finish second in the Mountain West. Sorry, that's a one-year-old screaming in the background. <laughs> um, but uh, you have to feel really good about the defense. They, they're they they're good all around. If there's a question mark, it's at the corner spot, which they just picked up a uh, Juco corner that they really liked that actually picked Wyoming over Colorado State. Uh you know, offensively, Harrison Whaley's awesome. I mean, there's no other way to put it. We saw him firsthand against Wyoming last year, in De- or two years ago in DeKalb. He almost single-handedly brought the Huskies back in that game. They actually took the lead with, like, three minutes to go when they were down, like, 27. So, uh, really good running back. Craig Ball made no bones about it. We watched him firsthand, and when we saw his name enter the portal, I mean, <laughs> it was a done deal. So, they really like him. They picked up uh, Devin Bodie Jr., a, a, a slot receiver from Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, when you look at the numbers, the Cowboys lost nine more guys in the portal. Uh, but really, you know, they lost a couple starters. 
Um, you know, Joshua Cobbs is a solid wide receiver, but hey, you know, Wyoming wide receivers, we talked about it this summer or this offseason off the air. Like, you know, you told me one of those CSU receivers, if he came to Laramie, maybe give Wyoming 40 catches for 500 yards or something, that would be the leading receiver. So, you know, it's uh, it's just the offense he runs. But speaking of that, that's where, you know, once again, you feel really good about them maybe making a run for the Mountain West Championship. But then again, you think, can this offense and the scheme that Craig Bull has ran for nine years now, can it, can it get you over the hump? Uh, they had Boise State. They had that game in Laramie to to go on top of the Mountain Division with one game left in the regular season. And uh, they completed three passes. And they completed three passes to Boise State. So you can't – it's just not sustainable. I think nine years is enough. I think it's time to start adding some spread elements. And something I mentioned in this column I've been working on that, you know, he joked about how him and Jeff Tedford went out at midfield and could exchange their AARP cards because they're the oldest coaches in the Mountain West. Well, you should not only exchange that, you should exchange playbooks. Because Fresno State will get you a yard on the ground in the snow – and they will run for a thousand yards plus, and they will throw for three thousand yards plus, and they will hoist championship trophies at the end of the year. It's just so hard to consistently win if you can't score. I mean, we saw it with with CSU. The defense was as good as any Rams defense they've had, but CSU didn't score twenty points once last year. You can't win that way. No, and they will. They will, man. They CSU's got a lot of tools. Um, I, I know they've been active this offseason. I, I think they, what did they sign, like 500, 500 high school <laughs> players this year? I've never seen anything like that. So, I mean, it's just Rams fans have to just give that time. Jay Norvell's the dude, man. He's the dude. They got a good quarterback. They they have no offensive line, like zero offensive line. And if it doesn't start there, that's when you don't score 20 points a game. I completely agree, man. I, I feel good about the, the direction. I think it's going to be an exciting season for both teams. I did pull up Wyoming's schedule, though, and that's a deceptively really challenging schedule. You've got Texas Tech and Texas on the road, Appalachian State and Portland State. Neither of those are gimmies. At least you got them at home. Well, Texas even in the Tech, Mountain West. Texas Go Tech ahead. is coming to Laramie. Oh, you're right. I read that one wrong. Yeah, so that's the a Cowboys, nice poll for the Cowboys. Yeah, it's a home and home, and they're coming first. But the, the beauty of this schedule is that it's seven home games and five road games. And Nice. And you play at UNLV, at Nevada. You hope those are a couple of wins. Uh, Boise State's a tough one on the road. Air Force is a tough one on the road. Uh, but, you know, that's it. You win. If you take care of business at home, you're in good shape. And that's that's saying a lot with Texas Tech on the schedule. But, um, you know, I, I think it seems pretty manageable in a lot of ways, especially with the Cowboys, the, the kind of defense I think they can really have this year. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to see. I like Craig Bull a lot. I do wonder if there's a ceiling with that style of play, but as much as I'm a CSU guy and like inherently have to to pull against Wyoming when it when they're not playing CSU, I find myself like pulling for him just because he's been such a good dude every time I've had a chance to talk to him. Yeah. No, he's great, man. He he can be. We've uh as you know, him and I have uh, got sideways with each other a couple times, but you know, that's part of the gig. And uh, he was definitely not happy with me after Boise State, but you know, hey, that's the, that's the, you know what we're there for, and uh, you know, and that's why this column I'm writing is it, it's you know it's been his his contract's up after next year, uh, so he only had well after these next two years, and you know he's not going to go into 2024 a, a lame duck head coach, so 
it's about that time where you're talking retirement, you're talking a new extension, you're what what are we talking here? So it's time to make hay. And this defense is good enough. They have a they have a returning quarterback who for a big a big chunk of the year last year was very efficient. Uh nine touchdowns, three interceptions. Then the turnovers just started coming in droves and the injuries started coming in droves. And you just can't have it. You, you cannot turn the You certainly can't turn the ball over with this offense. And it's a lot like Air Force. When you go down, your chances of coming back are just nil. I mean, you just can't. And if you can't throw the ball with any consistency. And what against CSU? What did they complete? Nine balls that night? I mean, yeah, but they had so many big scrambles. The athletics, yeah. I almost feel like Peasley going down in that game benefited the Wyoming offense because they found a spark after it. Yeah, well, and we were, you know, Jalen Clemens did a hell of a job that night. He was very emotional after winning that game. Nobody believed in that kid uh, at all. Utah made him a safety. He knew he was a quarterback, but then he comes out against Boise State and he completes three balls, and he completes three balls to Boise State, including one after Boise State gave him a gift of a fumble, and the Cowboys are right there in position to win it or take it into overtime, and he threw it right to J.L. Skinner in the back of the end zone, and he hasn't thrown a pass since, so I wish they could have got him a throw at the Arizona Bowl. He did come in for a few snaps, but uh, I hate it for that kid, but this offense has to change, and the wide receivers have been subpar, and I love all those guys. They give it they give it their all. There's a ton of walk-ons on that list, and they're really good kids, but you need – you need more dynamic guys out there. That's all there is to it. Is, is Peasley the presumed starter going in? They love him. Uh, Craig Bowl loves him. Tom Berman, the athletic director, loves him. The team loves him. He's really a great team guy, and he's 100% a leader, but that doesn't alleviate turnovers. And I think we saw that with Sean Chambers. The players all loved him. The coaches loved him. Everybody loved him. But he turned the ball over 10 times in four weeks and still didn't see the pine. I mean, you, you just can't do it. No matter how much you're liked, you have to you have to make it happen. It's really interesting, especially with Bull being such an old school coach, like turnovers typically, that's the quickest thing to get you yanked as a quarterback. Yeah. Well, I got, uh, I got Levi Williams yanked. <laughs> it got him yanked real quick, but... He just kept letting Sean go out there. And I think he had an affinity for Sean because of all the injuries he went through and all the comebacks he made. And it would be hard, even as an old school coach, to see a guy busting his ass and they're repairing his knee three straight years in a row. And you want him to succeed so badly, but it just wasn't happening. And honestly, it hasn't happened since 2016 around here. And Josh Allen played in 2017, if you remember. Yeah. <laughs> so 2017 was not a great passing year again. And it's been really bad, and it's been on a downhill slide ever since 2017, and it has to get fixed. And and Justin, I've probably made this comparison on this program. The, John Elway doesn't have a Super Bowl ring without that offensive line in Terrell Davis. Um, Wyoming runs the ball almost at will. How is nothing open in the passing game? John yeah, You should have all kinds of play action opportunities. All kinds. John Elway's finding Shannon Sharp all over the place and Ed McCaffrey and Rod Smith, but it didn't rely on those dudes. And that's what Wyoming needs to do. And and it's been that's been what they need to do. And they still they just can't figure it out. And they need better guys on the outside and they need a quarterback who's making better decisions. Is there another gentry somewhere out there? <laughs> He's the last one. He's the last one, aside from Isaiah Nair, that was an absolute star. And uh, now it's a bunch of blue collar guys. And like I said, God bless them, but you need a dude. You need at least one dude. And you guys have a dude. That guy is that guy's special. I actually voted for him Mountain West Player of the Year. That guy is really special. 
he's he's a stud, man. The, it's it's really encouraging. Hopefully, you know they can get Clay Millen some time next year and and figure some stuff out with the offensive line. But it's going to be interesting. It's it's been far too long since CSU and Wyoming were in the the mix for you know, the Mountain West Championship. And I feel like we have this conversation every single year, like maybe this year's the year and it hasn't been so far, but maybe it is this time, damn it. Well, and I thought when we got rid of BYU and Utah and TCU that, you know, Wyoming and CSU would carry the torch and uh, that just hasn't happened. (sighs) (laughs) And, you know, people are are even up here. I I know you guys would love to be in a bowl game. Uh, people around here right now are like, oh, great, another potato bowl. Great, another bowl game that's not even on TV. Uh, great, uh, New Mexico, you know, like you have a coach who's been here for nine years who won three national championships in a row before he got here. And it just, it's time to change some stuff. And I give Craig a lot of credit. He has changed his personality as far as getting to know his players. Uh, that was abundant, abundantly clear this year. Um, also he has, uh, evolved as far as the transfer portal last year. He said, you know what? See you later. I was like, did you even ask any guys if they wanted to stay or why they're leaving? Nope. This year, I think they managed the portal really well. I think they did a really good job. They lost nine guys, but like I said, a lot of those dudes are just, they, a lot of those dudes never even saw the field. Uh, so, you know, to me, Oluwasi Amoda show was the guy who, really hurts that they lost because he had a ton of potential at the defensive end spot. He had six and a half sacks as a true, as a richer freshman. And now he's in Oregon state and, you know, Cam Stone was solid on the outside, but to me, Olu was the huge loss. And, you know, Cobbs was, Cobbs was a loss too, but those are your three. Those are your three you're talking about out of nine. So it's just, I thought the Cowboys did a really good job. I thought they had a great recruiting class and, and they have a ton of guys back. They were the third youngest team in America last year. They got a ton of dudes back who got a ton of experience last year and won seven games. So, you know, it should be on the up and up. But I think, like most Wyoming fans, I can't wrap my head around if this offense remains the same, we're going to remain the same. Well put. I mean, you're going to, you're always going to lose a couple of guys in modern college football. Like it's just every, every, team in the country so the fact that you were able to keep the core of the roster intact i think that's that's what's encouraging and i think csu fans kind of feel the same so it's it's a big year for both of these teams um i i did think that wyoming recruited well the quarterback they signed out of south lake i'm drawing a blank on his name he's a really intriguing passer anderson. Um, yeah, yeah anderson yeah he was he was yours back up you know, at, at South Lake Carroll and he did amazing things, but he blew his knee and, and teams got off him. And, you know, that's a guy, he came early too. He, he's not physically able to do anything right now, but he is on campus and that could be worth its weight in gold right there. Just to be in the meeting rooms and get to know everything and get the lay of the land and all that good stuff. That could be worth its weight huge. So when he's ready to go, it's less thinking because he's already, he's already learned it. So I'm really excited for that kid, and I'm getting to the point, too. I like Andrew Peasley, but I'm to the point, and I know my fellow colleagues in the media at Wyoming are, too. Like, start a guy. Start a guy like that and just roll with it. Let uh, Peasley's going to start. I mean, unless something drastic happens, Peasley is starting the season under center. But groom groom this kid, or this kid, or one of the kids that's on the roster already. Groom one of those kids and let it fly, man. Uh, we can't see Andrew Peasley from start to finish this year, in my opinion, uh, unless they're winning and and unless they're, you know, looking at something bigger or a Mountain West championship. 
I think you got to give the young quarterbacks a chance to like roll with the lumps. You know, it's obviously yeah. tough. You're going to have some moments. Clay Millen had some interceptions this year where you're just like, all right, like you're just trying to be a hero. Like, yeah. you know, why are you forcing that ball? He also had some, you know, moments where you're like, holy shit, that arm talent is insane. Yeah. And I, I just think it's valuable, you know, especially if, if, you know, you're not competing for a championship like the Rams were last year. But yeah, you guys knew you were taking lumps last year. I mean, I think everybody knew it, uh, but why not? Now that kid's going to come in with all kinds of confidence and that team in general, man. I was really impressed with I've seen some CSU teams quit. And I know you have. I remember when they lost 44 to nothing in Laramie to a really, really bad Wyoming team. They They quit that day. Uh, this team didn't quit. They played their asses off and they were, they were that, they were so close in so many games. And I keep thinking back to that. Remember the last play of the first half against Wyoming? Yeah. <laughs> that could have swung. Some, yeah. Yeah. That could have turned some things on its head. And then, uh, the name slip in my mind, the wide receiver, the badass, uh, Tory Horton. Yeah. Horton. I, and, and God bless that kid too. Fumbling that punt. Uh, he just, I mean, he does so much for that team and and to see him lose that and see how emotional he was after losing that, that, you know, you feel bad for that kid because he lays it on the line, man. He is a, he's a player. He is a player. I will say this as, as much as last season was kind of deflating in terms of neither team living up to expectations. That was an old school border war, man. That was a physical game. Both teams laid it on the line. As you mentioned, like the Rams didn't lay down, but I mean, it, it felt like a, like a Lubick, you know, era border war where both teams really like it, it meant something and it felt like it meant something to both sides. CSU was laying the lumber that Daquan Jackson dude is a missile and he was laying dudes out and you could tell it was one of those deals where they, they, they own the tone early on. And I'm not even talking about the punt return or the kick return for a touchdown or the punt return for a touchdown. It was, they laid the lumber and they were setting the tone and you were like, Oh boy, like, all right, is Wyoming going to match this? Because that's playing Wyoming's game, and that's what Wyoming's been under Craig Bull. has been smash mouth like the Rams were under Lubick all those years, uh, minus the success on the offensive side of the ball. Well, man, it's always great to catch up with you. I, I appreciate you giving me the time. I know it's a busy time. Hopefully the, the weather is is favorable for everybody up uh, north there. It's, <laughs> always a, uh... it's always interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of snow. Don't come, CSU people. Don't come. You don't <laughs> want to come up here. It's too snowy. It's it's because Cody cares about your your safety. Right? Yes. Yeah. I don't want to end up in the ditch like the basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Justin. I appreciate you having me on, man. As always, it's great to see you. Great to see you, dude. Machetes at a deli in New Delhi Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice But water's the truth so I sip on that too Skinny looking kid with no car keys Like the only thing I drive is RCRV He's got the stash like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly like non from